Boom, SEO this week, episode 196. How are you all doing today? Thank you very much for joining me. Let's see. Sean, can I have a music request for another time? Carrie Bell, uh, must I holler? I'd have to look. I can use, on YouTube, I can use any of the um, royalty fear music without issue. But as soon as I put in something else, it kind of... It'll uh, hit all that copyright crap, and I've been through that before on some of the services that I've used. So I'll see if it's in the in the services list, but no promises. Uh, all right, so how you guys all doing today? I hope you all had a great week. I know there was a talk of the recent update uh, in Google. I got a, an article on that, just kind of some clarification stuff. Uh, on that whole um, the passages thing, essentially the passages indexing rolled out. That was the the update, and it affected the standard ten to fifteen percent of the search re- uh, results. Um, but there's a little bit of clarification on what that even means for everybody, uh, and I'm pretty sure that uh, most people, probably like myself, are like, "Hey, passages directs to featured snippets, featured snippets." Um, supposedly increases traffic, but everything I've seen is kind of a hit or miss. Uh, so passages was not necessarily a good thing. Uh, but it turns out for, through some clarification, that's not actually the case. So that's pretty, uh, that's interesting news. Uh, on top of that, I got a couple other articles in here. All in all, I only have four one, two, three, four. I might have messed up my post, too. I'll check that out. One, two, three, four, five. What did I miss? I missed one. All right, I'll find it. It's no big deal, but I will find it. But there, I do have five stories uh, I want to go over with you all. And with that, I just kind of go ahead and get going. Um, And then after the, uh, after the news, I'm going to show you my new schema tool, we, uh, it is live. Um, it's not beta. It's more like beta plus. <laughs> um, but the subscription stuff's in place now because they, we got to pay the devs, right? So got to pay the bills. Um, but I'll give you a nice walkthrough of that, some things of what, that we can do with it. Uh, and on top of that, uh, what is uh, coming up. All right, so here's the, the screen. Um, first things first, we did the uh, review schema last week for the Phoenix SEO page uh, on Digital Ear. Wrote that out, kind of showed it to you. I did update it, and I did do some on-page optimization stuff. And as I expect, on-page optimization has taken you know, a few days, if not a couple weeks, to kick in. Uh, just depending, and I wanted to see how, if we got the stars to pop, and I don't expect that I'm going to find this where I thought it was. There it is. See, it dropped significantly. So it still hasn't even crawled it yet because I changed uh, the schema, the title tags, and, and a bunch of other stuff, and it's still not crawled it yet. Uh, which is interesting because I've submitted this to the Google URL submit and I submitted it to the Google indexing API. It's just not triggered in. So I think what I'll do is um, I want to get rid of this date 
It's it's part of the uh, publish date in the schema, but why it shows on my pages, I have no idea. So I'm going to go through and clean that out of the schema and get rid of that. Obviously, the you know this it's here. That's the other one that has it, um, and there wasn't a whole lot of others that had that thing going on there. The date in particular is what I don't need, and. There's no stars showing. But last week we had stars, didn't we? Yeah, we we engineered this. There's a bunch of stars, too. So maybe they get rid of the stars or they're just not showing them anymore uh, for SEO. Who knows? But I put it in there, and we'll keep following along and seeing where that where that takes us. If you're in SIA, you can see all of the changes and um, ask me for the templates and stuff. I have the uh, Over the Shoulder series video has been uploaded into SIA uh, for um, your viewing pleasure. You can check that out. All right, so let's get on with this stuff. Uh, First is a post by Kevin Indig. It is uh, Intrusive Ads. Uh, and page user experience. And that really what's bringing out this is there's the, the core web updates. Um, core web vitals update that everyone's expecting, the page experience update. And everyone's kind of expecting it and pretty excited about it and, and making a lot of guesses and assumptions as to what this uh, update is actually going to do. Some are theorizing that it has entirely everything to do with core web vitals. And that if you have bad core web vital scores, uh, after this update, you will no longer rank. I would absolutely love to see them do that because it'll entirely shake up the search results. And if you're a local and you're competing against Angie's List, Home Advisor, Yelp, and all those crappy sites that have poor user experience and they have poor core web vital scores and uh, mainly poor user experience, then you will... Um, You'll love this, too, if they actually implement it. Uh, but supposedly it's going to come out sometime in the spring of 2021. We'll see what happens. Uh, but they are planning on releasing this cool, cutesy little badge that you can put into your search or that gets shown if you meet their, quote, unquote, um, user experience uh, criteria. Uh, as it were. And my guess is they're looking for green and core is probably the simplest way to implement that thing. Uh, I, and, I, and I'll stay, and I said this before and I'll say it again, I think this is another one of those HTTPS okie-dokes to get everyone on board, uh, to embrace page user experience, to meet these standards. Um, and in order to do that and facilitate the excitement and to get you to get you all excited about doing that, they want to give you some kind of reward. And that was going to be this cutesy little badge that says you have um, you've meted the page user experience rules. And then eventually that's just going to go away. I think what the HTTPS ranking benefit that lasted probably all of what a couple months uh, before. Everyone was pretty much adopted on it. They accepted that technology, which is where Google's looking for, and then they um, they dumped that as a ranking benefit. So I, I, I'm i honestly expecting this to kind of go the same way. Uh, if any of you remember AuthorRank, picture next to your URLs based on your offer stuff. How long did that last? What, six months? Everyone got excited about it, and then they took it away. Same thing's going to happen with this, in my guess. Uh, but one thing it does... 
this does talk about, and it's not new. It's just the, the display of intrusive ads. And it'll be interesting to see how much they actually go ahead and push this. So here's a like the speedtest.com, and they're saying that these are intrusive ads. But really, that's it's a free tool. They monetize it with ads. And coincidentally, they're monetizing it with Google ads. So you, do you really think that they're going to publish punish this site uh, for that? And then you have this men's health uh, with the uh, pop-up. Is that really bad i you know from a user oh i don't want to see pop-ups anymore um perspective they suck but the conversion rate on pop-ups are just awesome uh i think to me an intrusive interstitial would be um like getting excessive crazily excessive with pop-ups and shifting the page around etc a good example is uh, this one, I think it's search engine land. Do, do, do. It is shifting core web vitals, shifting some more slow as ass. And it shifted and forced me to click that ad that I didn't want to do. So now I have to reopen the page again. So now the page is loading. And... Here's some more shifting. You see how slow this is? Like, I'm on Spectrum Internet. It's 250 um, megabytes per second. So it's not slow Internet. You see how slow that site is? It's shifted, etc. It's got all these extra internal ads and stuff. And I think eventually it's going to fire off a pop-up here. I, they may have actually done something about that, which would be really cool. Um, so there's this one, and then there's search engine. There's the pop-up. Uh, journal. I think it's search engine journal. It's one with Matt Southern, right? Yeah. Uh, GMB messaging desktop. And then watch the... Look at this. This is like... It's loading. It's loading. It's loading. Like, these are supposed to be... Our go-to information sources. So why the hell are these sites so slow? And look at that. That would be an intrusive ad, in my opinion. Right? Uh, an exit pop-up, I could deal with it all day long. But that right there, it locks me in. It's an intrusive ad. And then if you keep scrolling down, you see that other one that keeps flashing up in the bottom, content layout shift, cumulative layout shift is what they call it. Um, that gets annoying. And you can see they're still loading up ads. It's still loading up tracking. And I'm you know, screw, scroll through the page. Finally, that little pop-up shows up in the bottom there. Um and it's still it's still doing they're still doing more. See there's one in there that's trying to show and my computer's blocking it. Thank you, Apple. Um th- that would be something that we'd really need to actually, you know, figure out cuz I think Google can find that eventually in the in kind of I won't necessarily punish you for it, but not rank you as high for it. Um so that's something to worry about. Also, a lot of these examples that you see on these um um, sites to um, Ninja Theory, his his 
his or her statement is uh, is that search engine land. I think they're pushing mobile optimization as fast uh, mobile. Can you try mobile? Um, it it could be, and I could, but I have to open up my emulator, and I'm not going to do all that. <laughs> um, but it's you have to think about Google's new philosophy on mobile only indexing. Everyone talked about mobile first. When the truth came out, it's mobile only. And what John Mueller came out and said, and I'm not entirely sure it's 100% accurate because Danny Sullivan and Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Ilias have made statements contradictory to John Mueller in the past. But the mobile-only indexing, is they're going to crawl and find your mobile-only version of your website uh, in the days of responsive themes, templates, websites. It might not be that big of an issue, but if you don't have a mobile website or it's not responsive in your theme, they're supposedly going to take out all the desktop-only websites out of their index. Uh, which is, that kind of sucks, um, for those of you who haven't adapted to it and Ninja Theory asks, I'm going to do this anyway. Uh, and, and so when you take that and combine it with Kevin Indig's theories on, um, intrusive ads and page experience, kind of, you know, you can see both of those and how they're going to put that together and show it. At the end of the day, this is all a drive to just to make people uh, have their websites create a better user experience, trying to bring up the quality of the Internet together. Um, in my opinion, you had what? You had the mobile-friendly update. We've talked about responsiveness. We've talked about uh, page speed. We've talked about... AMP, we've talked about CDNs, we've talked about making your site faster, we talked about optimization, we talked about image optimization, and it's been like three to five years now that PageSpeed optimization has been a thing, and if you haven't done something about user experience and PageSpeed optimization at this time, by this point, you kind of deserve what you're going to get. You know what I mean? This should not be a um, a uh, a surprise for you. So let's go to the search engine journal. I'm gonna open that up. And let's look at what's the best phone right now. iPhone Max. Let's check out the iPhone Max. Is still loading. That page is still loading. This page is loading so much crap. My emulator is having a hard time bringing it up. Let's go. Still loading. You even got a message. Show errors on this page. There you go. Jeez. Failed alerts, timeout requests. Those may not seem like a big deal to you guys, but these things, those matter uh, in crawling and indexing and stuff. And this stuff times out for Google. Even, it's, these are just GIF files. 
but those kind of all roll in. I'm going to turn this. Let's change the device. Let's see what happens. Um, there we go. So another pop-up ad. That's a community layout shift. That ad right there affects community layout shift. Um, that ad's not loading properly. There's Blake space in there. And that's not entirely their fault. There's their ad providers have some ownership too. But when you do so many ad placements that your pools are creating issues, it's a big deal. And look, here's a heading, one sentence, an ad, one, two, three, four sentences, an ad, one, a heading, two, three, four sentences, an ad. This is... This is user experience right here. From a user perspective, I want to come in here and read this stuff. It is complete and utter junk. Another pop-up just showed up. Cumulative layout shift. This is bouncing around. This stuff matters, and it will hurt your um, your website from that user experience perspective. And look, I didn't even clicked anything, and that page is reloading. And I bet you money is reloading ads. Drama. Drama. Community layout shift is a pain. That's exactly, yeah, it is. Uh, and you have to remember, keep it in mind that that cumulative layout shift in the search console, for example, when it gives you that error message, is not entirely accurate either. So go check it, let it sit for a little bit, push the validation button, and it more than likely it'll clear up. Uh, so these testing tools are not in a the best condition yet to be employed like worldwide. This is the ranking factor in my opinion. So we'll see if they actually release that update on time. That was a lot, a lot of talk from that one article. Let's see. Ninja theory. I'm shocking. I'm based in the UK. No disconnected pro sample. I'm looking on 4g and I'm stressing. Yeah. See, I'm based in the UK. Samsung Galaxy Note 10 5G. I'm using a disconnected S Pro for Samsung for ad blocker as I'm on 4G. I'm stressing. Yep. It's, you have to, when you're thinking about your users and you're thinking about your monetization strategies, you have to balance that out a little bit. And, if I was if I was um, consulting these guys, I'm not even going to open it up because I don't want to see all those ads again. If I was consulting them, I would tell them to put a heat map in place, find the ads that are getting clicks, and delete every last one of those other ad placements. And then A-B test moving your ads around. I wouldn't just throw up. As many ads as they got. It's literally threw up ad placements all over their websites. Uh, and I, I think it's just poor user. I hate even going there. I Honestly, I don't even share stories from that website or those two websites anymore because I'm not going to subject you people to all of those ads. They may be the greatest ideas in sliced bread over there. I'm not going to show it because you got to read it. You got to jump through all the ads. You got to see 50 ads. You really get to read three or four sentences and you get to see another ad. That's just dumb. Uh, and that needs to be fixed. 
Uh, loaded. I'm streaming as well. Search engine loaded fast. I meant to say, yeah, it, you know, it, it could be fast for you. Um, it could appear fast. It opens up and it comes up fast. And then all those other ads take forever. Uh, and that is a cumulative, cumulative layout shift factor. Your website can be awesome, but all those third party scripts that you put on there, it messes up your website and it takes a toll. All right, so I think we've got that one. Google passage ranking and the snippet thing. This is what I talked to you or said, talked about at the beginning. Um, is the essentially what is going on is uh, some confusion, and there are some images opening up here on Danny Sullivan's page. You know, I bet you what happened is I forgot to turn off this stuff. And my son's awake, probably playing video games now. Uh, right here. They talk about passage indexing. And then in the image that they're using in their blog post, they actually showed featured snippets. So before passage indexing, after passage indexing. So what everyone, including myself, uh, thought was they're going to go into your website, find a passage, and then use that as a featured snippet or potentially as a featured snippet for the search results. However, comma, Danny Sullivan, and this is, Barry asked him like 10 times just to make sure he actually got the right answer, said that uh, what it's doing is indexing passages, paragraphs, sections of your page, and then keeping that in their database. So if there is a query in which your passage best answers that query, It'll show like a normal search result. It won't be a featured snippet necessarily. So you could have a page about blue widgets. You mentioned the blue mini blue widget, and then someone does a search for blue mini blue widget, and your page will show up because you mentioned the blue mini blue widget inside of one of your paragraphs. So <clears throat> that's what passage ranking is doing. Uh, could they switch it over to the featured snippet concept? I mean, potentially. Um, I don't. I don't see what would be stopping them from doing that. Uh, aside from a hundred percent of the search volume, or a hundred percent of the search results result, resulting in a featured snippet, at which time the featured snippet would eventually uh, fall into the place of banner blindness and reduce click through rate for this featured snippet. And, uh, and then that reduced click-through rate would just kind of negate the value of having it in the first place. Um, so something to keep in mind and something to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, let's see. So is passage indexing the end of meta description? I don't think so. I don't think there was ever an end of meta description. I know a lot of people talk about how they don't do it and they let Google put their own meta description in there. And, I mean, that's fine. And the, the, the idea behind that is if you do that, uh, Google will pick the right part of your post uh, in relation to that search result or search query to show as your meta description. But what I noticed is when I do that, I don't get higher. My CTR kind of goes down. 
And then when I actually do optimize the meta description and put it in there for that, my target main target keyword, my ranking goes up. Um, so I've never, you know, I've tested the leave it blank before, um, but I continue to do it. Now, does passage indexing solve that problem? I don't honestly don't think so. Uh, because it'll do the same thing that it's doing now. If you don't have something in there, find the most relevant part of your site, and then it'll throw, uh, like, and I think you guys have all seen it. It, like, throws the middle of a sentence in, some random sentence, and just throws it in there. There's actually zero CTR value in doing that, unless they also highlighted the search term in there, and then maybe you can get a little bit out of it. So I, I, could, I would say my recommendation is to keep filling them out Unless you're dealing with a site like 75,000 of them and you have to do 75,000 products, for example, then just <laughs> then don't fill all those out. Leave those blank and fill in the ones uh, with high conversions and high traffic. So that's kind of how I'd handle that. All right, let's see. How to make sense of A-B tests. I shared two uh, posts last week on this um and then this is a third one if you were listening or watched last week i mentioned will critchlow uh in the ab test article we had last week saying why they suck here's another perspective and i think that you'll enjoy it um not only understanding the value of them but actually using a swot analysis type methodology to determine whether you want to actually implement it or not, which this is kind of makes it a whole lot easier. Um, I won't say necessarily easier, but it, it makes your decision-making process a little bit more systematized, especially when you're doing a lot of uh, A-B tests in particular for SEO. So read this through, check out that diagram, and I think it'll give you a good um, good way to go. Also, there, there are some... There was an article in here. Did I save it? Uh, yeah, right here. Split tests. Um, this is a, a good example of a kind of an A-B test and something that you can test out uh, for yourself. So last week, I think I talked about, I think it was last week where we talked about having the date. It may be the week before where Google is you have this featured snippet, your stars, the ratings, the reviews, and then if you want to, you can add price changes in there. Um, and these are the people here at SearchPilot actually did a test, and having that price in there actually reduced their CTR and their traffic. Um, so that may be something to consider. And check this out. Look at their study. See if you can figure out how they built it, and then do the same with yours and see if it's actually worth your while to add that price change function like to me it seemed kind of makes sense if i have like 10 of them that are showing the price change and then one is lower and it's got that discount is which is what that new change in the schema was then i would click that one but in hindsight if i don't have the price in the search result i'm going to click the website to go check it out right so i know the brand or i kind of know the brand or it's number one listing or whatever um and it, if I don't have this starting from six ninety nine, then I'm more likely to click it anyway to figure out what's going on, right? So I would, um, again, look at this. If you're in e-com, 
start playing around with that and, and try to see if uh, you're going to get better CTR just not using the pricing at all inside of there. And you don't have to use pricing in, in, your, in your schema, which is, um, which is good. And that's what generates those. And then I think I have one more. Let me open this one. Oh, that's the last one. All right, so this is the last one. Uh, in this article, I almost didn't put this in here uh, because, quite frankly, it's a hot damn mess. Like, the author has the, the balls to say, if you don't understand uh, holistic SEO and you can't understand my philosophies and then you shouldn't read my post because you're too stupid <laughs> that's essentially that's literally essentially how it read to me and then i reread i read this article and then i read it three more times and to tell you what the concepts and ideas in here are actually really cool his presentation and the way he wrote it is Borderline retarded. And I don't know any nicer way of saying it. Like, this is like, this guy thought about these things. He put it all together and said, oh, I did a case study about it. And then he wrote an FAQ page. And then he has the nerve to tell you that if you don't understand his what he's doing, then you shouldn't read his post. Um, that's, to me, what, what happened. The only reason I'm sharing this is because each one of these sections, if you're in SEO testing or just kind of SEO want to geek out, he is highlighting some decent concepts and stuff in here. The I, you know, he's got this executive summary. He says if you can't read the if you read, can't understand the article, you're never going to understand the executive summary. That's because he makes no clear point or distinction whatsoever throughout this entire article. But each of these is essentially 29 separate articles on 29 different concepts that I think are really, really cool. Um, if this is holistic SEO, because this guy says he's the master at holistic SEO, if this is what that is, I don't want it to be a holistic SEO because that's complete and garbage. But I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> I think you'll at least get something out of these um, these theories. Uh, also, if you scroll all the way down here, I want to highlight another story. And this might change what before you get there. So come to the site. Um, you can go to my site, digitalair.com, episode 196, and get the links. But come to the site and actually scroll down, and you're going to run into a lot of talk about DOM and search mapping and topical appointments and all that stuff. Like, there's some really good content in here just presented really, 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 really poorly. Um, but you can actually pull all this stuff out and, and, um, and get a lot out of it. I would, I, I don't, here's what I'm going to mark it up to is maybe the author English is not his primary language. And so the nuances that us as English readers would be expecting to see, uh, in order to formulate a complete thought, uh, are not here. 
he probably could have done um, with having it, someone actually edit this and review it. And that's pretty much consistent with his entire pieces of content. But there's so much good thoughts and ideas and applications and imagery that you can kind of put together a pretty good thing. Here's an example. This basic DOM example. If you look at this, the headers, the body, the title, etc. And when I scroll down a little bit more, here it is again in a map. The head, the body, the hello world. Scroll down a little bit more, and I've taught this concept. Other people pretend like they thought about it, but I fucking taught this concept in the first year that I was with SIA, and I was writing my content in a college outline format. Look at this. Head, the body, the H1, P, the paragraphs, and then how I use. And you can do that with all of them. So if you're writing it out, you're actually presenting the DOM in a semantic way uh, so that Google understands what your page is about. That's why if you have H1 tags, for example, that say about me, you're screwing up the semantic SEO of the page. You're, you're, you're not hurting yourself. Um, but you're not getting all the benefit out of it that you uh, otherwise would if you use the age tags properly in in the semantic SEO method. So um, I did share one article, but there's multiple articles in here. It's all a single scroll page. It's kind of like lost in the translation, but I think you'll like this. It's holisticseo.digital. Um, just be prepared for the reading exercises. Alrighty, let's see. I think that's it. That's it for the news, which is good. Um, so I'm going to take a drink. If you have any questions on the news or anything else that I, I rambled on about, let me know uh, while I do that real quick. Okay. Next, I want to um, show off Rank Gear, and it's uh, rankgear.com forward slash schema, rankgear.com forward slash schema. You all know I have the um, schema course at whatranks.com, and I talked before, Probably two years now that I've been talking about, I want to get into software as a service. I want to build my own software and stuff. And as part of that process, I actually created a anchor text analysis software, uh, or, you know, developed that, mapped it all out. I paid a guy $12,000 to write it. And I got a $500 program for my $12,000 and it was complete trash. Uh, I wanted to do a content editor, especially after I was learning more about NLP and entities and LSI and all that stuff before Phrase and Surfer, Page Optimizer Pro all came out. And I talked about those. Uh, I talked about it in my mastermind. And then um, I couldn't find anyone to, to actually execute it. And when I was asking other people around, uh, for help finding developers to execute that stuff. I, I kind of got the runaround, and then next thing you know, Page Optimizer Pro and a bunch of other 
Um, ones have uh, content optimizers, page up and buy through, phrase, market muse, um, clear scope. They're all they're all out there. Um, so I still have a few more ideas on what I want to do with tools. I still have um, content optimization tools, keyword research, um, anchor text analysis. Uh, and and then we'll go from there, right? And we're going to build out ultimately this domain, this brand, rankgear.com, uh, with tools that you sign up for and you get access to all of them and they're all in one nice, easy place. Uh, and, you know, then you can all write your 50 different social media posts about why this one is better or worse than whatever's. Uh, but it's all it's all here, and it's all designed. Uh, eventually, will be all designed to kind of keep it uh, on the internet. I think if anything, uh, right now the only competitors we have for the schema markup is Schema App. Uh, we wrote that uh, this design and this particular script to compete with Schema App because they're the ones that actually have done it the best. Uh, hands down schema app is better than any plugin that you could possibly buy. Um, however, the learning curve over schema app is, um, freaking miserable to say the least. And the UI while now improved used to be really, really bad. Uh, so you combine a, a UI that you have to learn, relearn every time you go in there and use it. Uh, with the UI that just not user friendly, um, and then the price tag for some of the features and stuff just kind of makes it unattainable for everybody. Or and and so you know if that's like your only job, you have a VA that does nothing but schema app, for example, or you do nothing but schema app then you're golden. You can build it out and learn that and be in it every day. It's kind of like AdWords, for example. You want to be in there every day learning new features or Google Analytics being in there every day learning, learning attribution and that kind of stuff, right? So Schema App was kind of that way. Um, so, and then at the, finally, you end up with the situation where it's a... Um, Different, um, different. Uh, which one was I going to call it? Excuse me. I got thrown off. Oh come on! Pardon me. I'm doing, I'm signing in right now. <laughs> I'm 
trading the same either. I swear to God. Every fucking time. Alright, well I wanted to show it to you and I just crashed it. Duh. So that's great. <laughs> to get you guys to sign up for it when the damn thing doesn't even work for me. I'm not even going to show it to you guys. I apologize. We'll try next week. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. <laughs> so, yay. This is sass, man. This is sass. And, and I want to say ass. This is bad. All right, so, yeah. So, anyway, rank gear when it works, will be uh, designed so that you can, it's almost manually updating your, or creating your schema, um, but kind of removing some of the commas and correlates and all that stuff from your from your process. So I think right now I, it's, I would say it's like 75% there from you creating and whatever you want. Um, I have them, they got to make a couple more changes uh, to the schema um, that will uh, allow you to move some some parts around, like uh, same as, putting same as under publisher and putting same as under organization and kind of moving those lines around. Uh, but, I, but we can essentially... Um, what we did is we created a, a software that you can go to schema.org and put in like schema.org article and that entire list will uh, show up for you. And I'll, I'll point out the, the list here. Let me open this up. This entire list, you, you, like these are the required. Those will all be there. You can fill those all in. And then you have the ability to do to add all of these that you want to your heart's content under that article schema. 
Uh, and and the the point of that is so that you make the most optimized handwritten schema as possible, right? So we we it's kind of like a plugin, um, in in so much as it gives you it the the required things, but then it goes one step further and lets you add all of the the extra stuff. And then what you're allowed to do is let's say you put in an article schema and you also wanted to add a web page schema you can do that and it'll give you the boxes for web page schema and then you push a button and it puts it in at graph which is kind of links them all together and then you can do the same thing with website and all that stuff and it actually it's it's not a hundred percent like so when you're done with it you're gonna have to move some lines around uh but the way that it works, let's say you just want to do article schema and you're not worried about web page and all that stuff, you can do that with no problem. Or let's say you just want to do web page schema, you can do that with no problem. Or let's say you want to do, um, um, well, if you're just doing schema like one at a time, all the time, you have your local business template, your web page template, and your website template, and you use all three of those templates on your on your on a page. It's perfect for that. Uh, you can do the at graph stuff, but it's going to take a little bit more work. We got to do a little bit more fine tuning just to get some things put where they have to be put. Um, but once that's taken care of, then I think your schema will come out of there at the ninety five percent level, and then if you really want to go over the top crazy with it. Um, You'll be able to pull it out. It's already written for you. You've already tested it. You know at that 95% level it's already perfect, and you just got to go add a couple lines, test it one more time, and you're done. It won't um, – this isn't a – it's not going to be a uh, a tool that you just plug into your um, – plug into your – whatchamacallit? Uh, what is my brain? My brain's not working right now. Uh like a, you're not going to plug it into your website and then uh, it's going to go out and fill out all this information and then ta-da, your, your schema is magical. Now, if you want that, just go get on some ghetto-ass plug-in and uh, be on your way. Uh, this is still going to require you to do a little bit of work, but in all honesty, where it takes me two, three hours to write a page template here knocks it down to probably like 45 minutes, um, which, you know, as you know, time is valuable. So if I've just knocked two hours off of my uh, my work schedule in schema, then that's, that's bonus for me. Um, so I do want to show this to you. I, I'm not going to show it to you until I know it works. Um, on the show, I'm not going to present it. I'm not going to tell you to go buy it. I will tell you that... It's probably my dumbass right now, and I just forgot the the email that I signed up with. Like I'm the first paying customer. I'm paying for it because we got to pay the devs. Um, and then, um, so if you want to go to rankgear.com schema login, uh, and you can sign up. Uh, you it won't let you see anything until you pay, unfortunately. But it's a monthly, and I think we got it at like fifty five bucks right now. It's not that. Uh, expensive at all and you're going to be there forever so if i add or when we add the anchor text tool when we add the keyword research tools when we add whatever else you're locked into that 55 bucks and that'll remain the case if you want to wait and make sure it works first um that'll be the case 
down the road. So next week, you're you're fine. You can wait. There's no scarcity here. It's not going away. I'm, I'm not going to up the price until we add another tool to it. Um, but when we add another tool to it and you're locked in at the 58, then you're good to go, right? So you don't have to worry about that. So just keep that in mind um, for now or in the future. And if I have to, I'll reach out to my partner today. And there may be, they may have updated something and they didn't realize that they had me paying them in the, in the system and, and reset that. And I'll have to look at that real quick, but um, and I'll shoot a video probably this week just to show you guys uh, what it's about. And then for episodes, some future episodes of SEO this week, we'll just do some schema uh, together using the tool. Uh, and then if you like it, you like it. If you don't, hey, you don't. That's cool. I got you. All right. All right, so let me get on to the rest of these questions. Appreciate your guys' patience on that. Let's see. Elton, I had a question about blocking crawler bots for PBNs. Do you block Bingbot? If not, are you worried competitors might see your link from Webmaster's backlink tool? The blocking bots on PBNs in particular, some of those tools, to me, is like the easiest thing to, um, and I hate this word, but footprint, it's the easiest footprint to find. So, oh, I blocked everybody but Google, my PBNs, um, and that's all cute and, and wonderful, but it's in link site search inside of Google search results will show those links and with a little bit of patience you can still find all your PBNs. So I don't even bother anymore. Um, I let them do it. The trick to that is if you're going to have PBNs, make them look like, make them be real sites. You know what I mean? Let's say you have a whole bunch of PBNs where you just putting content on them for your articles and your supporting articles and whatever. Just make it look real. Put the search console, put the analytics, put the um, security stuff in place, and just update it when you're using it for your links. Just make it look real. And, you know, submit it for indexing and all that madness. Um, at, At the end of the day, I can reverse engineer your link profile uh, either through tools or through some some legwork through the webmaster tools and Bing if I wanted to. That's not as good as it used to, by the way. It used to be really awesome, but now it's not. Uh, I can do it in the SERPs inside of Google. Um, so there is not there is no foolproof way to hide your link profile. But at the end of the day, one, if it looks like a money site, it's, then how do I know it's your PBN? There's one. And then two, you know, who cares? They they can't copy it. That's the number one thing for looking uh, at link profiles, right, is to look at can I get links on the same sites that my competition did. And if you own the networks, then the answer is going to be nope, <laughs> unless you sell them too. I mean, that's, a, that's an option. You could sell guest post links on to your competitors, competitors, or to your clients' competitors, I guess, if you were 
um, that way. I don't know why would you want to because you'd be competing with yourself. But um, other than making the extra 150, 200 bucks for a post, a link. But for the most part, I I don't stress that. Um, and to me, uh, I think that. And being around PBN guys, uh, in particular, Greg Morris and OMG and a bunch of others, um, they're not doing that anymore either. They did updates. They got all their networks fried, and the one consistent thing that they had with all of them is they were blocking bots. So, don't. Um, all right, next. Slightly random. Sorry. No worries. like random. Got time. I know this is old school, but another SEO is mentioning excess data and image again. Is it pointless or worth the effort? Hmm. Testing. SEO testing. So SEO test number 68 in search intelligence agency proved that excess data on your site does absolutely donkey shit. <laughs> All it's doing is adding some extra stuff and just making that image load. Sorry. However... What tested in the, uh, again, recently, is, um, I don't even know if I want to say it. I don't know if I want to say it. Look up hex codes, hex coding. Hex, hex code insertion. Let's go hex editor. Do that hex editor, and I'll show you on my screen because I may not be selling it. Hex editor, look up hex editor, and that's probably all I'm going to tell you <laughs> on on that because I that's a it's a really cool kind of trick, and I just don't want people to to out it. Entirely. I did it. If you were at SEO spring training, I did a talk about how I use that hex editor right there. Um, you can uh, implement that and get rid of the idea of excess data um, on your websites. Now, Flickr and a bunch of other websites, and you have to do the kind of manual research that actually reads that exit data and publishes it on your pages. Uh in that way, exif data is actually valuable because you have this image sharing site, Flickr, for example, and the other one, what was it? Um, God, what's the one that they just Google shut down, Pomodoro or some craziness? But Flickr pulls out the copyright data, the attribution link, the keywords, and all that stuff and publishes it on the page where the image is at. And in that way, the exit data is actually very valuable. Um, so as a rule of thumb, I don't do exit data. Uh, I strip it out on all of my optimizations anyway, uh, just because it, there is no real value to it. I have even tested a um, Google, and you have IPT, IPTC, IPTC, Metadata, uh, Google, and there's a study, um, let's see if I can find the chart, 
But they did a study where it shows that Google is ripping all of that out. Like it's not there. And they did, they're doing, IPTC is doing the same thing that I told you guys all to do is go in there and download the image and see if it's, um, if it's there. If it's gone on the image download, they stripped it out. And Google is stripping it out. So they're not storing all that information and all those exit data and all that stuff for GMBs and photos and all that stuff. There are some services that, that they were keeping that. Um, I forget the name of it now. They just they cut it cut it out. Pan, Panoramio, I think, is what it used to be called. You guys might remember the name of it. Um, that one actually kept all the exit data, but everything else now was all ripping it out. Um, so... Uh, you kind of you have to know that uh, in in the beginning and just see if you really want to invest a whole lot of your time in it. Again, we tested it in SIA. I'm going to test it again. I'll test some new ways about it. I'll test it, and we'll just kind of put it to bed. The the idea is sound. Hey, this is this business. They're the copyright owners of this image. They took it. It thus verifies that you are a legit business. And then you put the geo coordinates in and you're in, let's say your business is in Phoenix and you're taking pictures in Phoenix. It verifies that you're in Phoenix. But all those people have said that they've, that this works haven't tested it. And uh, if they have, they would, they would know that it, it doesn't, it's not doing what they think that it's doing um, in short. Uh, let's see. So probably you have different Gmails for PBNs, right? What about your IP when checking Search Console? Do you use the blah, 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 blah? So I do have different Gmails because for every PBN, I create an email in my uh, hosting for that site, and then I'll create the Gmail account uh, for that website. You don't necessarily have to have a different gmail for every site though so let's say let's think about you like how many websites do you have i have a survival site i have a christmas site home security sites what ranks i have digital ears so there's five i have 10 news sites um and then whatever other projects i want to work on so and theoretically like the 10 news sites are all under the same gmail the in um, what ranks did alert same Gmail uh, survival sites under the same Gmail clipbeller.com same Gmail so they're all and I can link to them each other from all of them <clears throat> so essentially by definition I have a PBN uh, and I and it's natural for me to, to check from my same IP I don't I don't dick around I don't try to get cute with Google I just you know, I'm right in, right there with it. So with the PBNs, I'll create a new email for the site, a support email, essentially, and then I'll create an info email. Uh, so those are two there. That'll be, those will be in the terms of service. Um, so, hey, the site's real. Uh, and then I will create a, uh, a Gmail account with the .info, with the info at, and, and then that will have my Google Analytics and Search Console in it. If I have, depending on the type of 
of PBN, like if I'm going from a local perspective and I have a plumber site, a roofer, and maybe a landscaper, uh, I'll just put all those in the same um, same Gmail and the same analytics. It's fine. It's normal. It's cool. Um, but I don't dink around with proxies and stuff. Uh, Joseph McClendon, do you do paid consultation coaching or agency agency work and courses? So paid consultations and coaching are actually coming. I've been talking about that for three weeks now. I have to actually make the offer page, but I do have four, five paid clients right now, consultation clients, uh, just varying based off of their budget and stuff. But in, in general, uh, I it, plan on offering that kind of for everybody. Um, so I just have to get the page up on, the, on my website <laughs> to be, to be honest. And I, as you see for rank gear, I have to, I have to get that one done. There's no, uh, sales letter on that website. As a matter of fact, you can check it out. I get, I got the design stuff done. See the design is there. I just got to fill in the blanks. Right. <laughs> Uh, and, and so that's kind of, this is my priority over the, um, the, uh, the marketing consultant thing. But, um, on top of that, the, I've been signing consultants, um, who reached out to me without the page. So if you're interested, Joseph, find me on, um, Skype or Slack or Facebook. I answer all three, but I pay more attention to Slack. Um, but, um, Reach out to me, and then we can schedule something and, and talk about that. Uh, Mark Walsh. Josh B. mentioned in one of his videos about Google measuring quality. Do you know how Google tests quality of your site? I'm a newbie. Sorry if it's dumb. It's not dumb. It's a good question. Everyone's talking about quality, right? The, 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 the biggest tool right now in order to presumptively test quality is core web vitals. Um, core web vitals. At the at the end of the day, this is kind of what they've got to measure uh, page experience and quality of the user experience. So it's uh, largest contentful paint. How fast does it take your website to load up? to be useful to a user, formerly known as uh, start render time. And essentially, when I put the URL in, how many seconds does it take for this to show up? And then first input delay. How long does it take after this for me to be able to click a box or fill out a form? And then cumulative layout shift, which you talked about earlier in the show. When I open it up, does it bounce around? This stuff moving around because of ad placements and pop-ups and, and all that stuff. At the end of the day, this combined with uh, ping, ping-ponging is what people call it, which is essentially me going here, clicking this link, and then going, nah, and then coming back here. That's a ping Ping pong is what, essentially what they're calling it. That's another indicator. Uh, and then finally, the the other way is being able to measure um, 
bounce rate and CTR and stuff like that, but that's all through analytics. So since Google doesn't, isn't Google analytics, I mean, presumably it's on a lot of most websites, right? But it's not on all of the websites. You can't really use that as a measurement. So what do they have? Largest consentful paint, first input delay, cumulative layout shift, and ping-ponging. That's all I got. So um, time on site, they can't use. I mean, they they could use it as an average. Like maybe if the Chrome browser was passing that data back, they could. it could be. I'm not sure. But uh, I'm going to go with no. That might be a privacy thing. But, I mean, they could be. They could be looking at bounce rate in from the browser and getting that sent back. So, you know, Mark comes to this site and looks at it. And if this is the only page you click and you leave, that's 100% bounce rate. But if you come over here, you're clicking on it and you're looking at it, you look at it for 35 seconds, and then you click over to the next post, well, guess what happens? You didn't bounce off of that page. You moved over here, and now my bounce rate is low. Um, so is that being reported through the browser, through Chrome? Could be. Nobody knows. Um, so at the end of the day, this is what they got. This is what they came up with to, in order to, to measure user experience. And I think this is kind of, um, <clears throat> where they're going to go with it. Now you can use the core web vitals tool if you want to. It's a little misleading in my opinion, because it's not testing from where your audience is at. So, um, and, and so, to take care of that, you need to use a tool that allows you to test for multiple locations. This one is uh, was actually, they sold out um, and shut down a lot of their locations, but you can copy the script and put it into your, on a server in your city if you want to, if you're just doing local stuff and you're only servicing, say, Phoenix, you put a server in Phoenix and put a copy of this on it and only test in Phoenix, and then you'll know. And then you run in here and um, it'll do its test. And I'm going to let this one run because we're going to test the Core Web Vitals page. So you would think uh, if this was supposed to be, this is the standard they want you to do, uh, you would actually do it on your own site. So let's go to audits. And just to be fair, because I did this one in desktop P, right? Yep, I did desktop, and I run the audit. Core Web Vitals, green, green, green. And I think, in in my opinion, when the user experience comes out, this is might matter. How much? If everyone's met, met green, 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 it's not going to matter all that much at all. But if you're like... Your competition is green, amber, amber, and your green, red, red. Then that might be an issue. But right now we just don't know. It's it's a might thing, right? It's um, still doing. Yeah. See this one timed out. Error protocol timeout. They don't want you to. They don't want you to run audit on their own. On their own. On their stuff. Let's move. Let's move it to mobile. Let's see what happens. There you go. 
Okay. So webpagetest.org has core web vitals already built into it. Um, I think what you'll notice in the uh, in the future is maybe this website gets a little bit convoluted. You're going to see just like you did in PageBeat and Sprites where like you have a Google Maps or a YouTube video or using Google fonts. Uh, that actually they punish you for doing that because their stuff is too slow. Like Google stuff, Google says hey, everyone needs to be faster, but their own stuff is too slow. Um, you'll get punished for for that, just like you will in you do in PageSpeed Insights. Uh, so just keep that in in mind. Keep that in the back of your head. Uh, do your testing on in this tool. If this is under three seconds, you're fine. If this is under point zero five, you're fine. If these are green or amber, you're fine. But if they're red, you need to fix them. Um, and let's see. Yeah, so you can't even test their site. So there you go. You can't even test the web website with Lighthouse. So um, it's just, honestly, it's just like a grain of salt kind of thing. Let's do this. I want to do one more, kind of show you an example. There's Salt Lake City. Let's take this to Toronto. That's pretty far. And let's see what happens. See if we get a different result. Uh, let's see. Matt Hardy, cold day. Yeah, it is, actually. I even turned the heater on. Um, but it's been in the high eight, 70s here, and then today it was like 63. So I had to bust out the sweater. And we turned the heat on. But I'll turn that off pretty soon because i got to go outside and do some man's work. Which is code for building a raised garden bed for my wife. So we'll do that. There you go. You see the numbers changed a little bit. There is no cumulative layout shift. Kind of expected that because there's no ads and stuff. Uh, this got a little bit faster. Uh, and this is a little bit faster too. So it's not, you know, that's not too bad. First view type is actually pretty good too. So, um, and the document complete, complete. It's a small document, right? There's not a whole lot on that page uh, to uh, worry about. But you can change those locations, you'll see the, the differences. And so uh, whose location is uh, the one that they're going to base that ranking off of? Is it the, um, if you're in the U.S. using Google.com, is it the central part of the country? That's wherever that central database is, that central data center. That's the testing point, and you are measured off of that. Or... Um, is it the data center that delivers your website the most to users or delivers users through the search results to your website the most? Is that the one that gets to, say, grade your thing? Uh, or is it just any random one that's picked anywhere from the entire world and that's the one that grades your thing? So um, things that make you go, hmm. All right, I think that's... Uh, that's it, right? Yeah, I got all the questions. Cool. So uh, I apologize, Frank here. This is the, I think this is the second time I wanted to show this to you guys. <laughs> First time was removing the domain name, and this time we were uh, messing with the, the UI in the background, and Clint can't get his emails right. He's logged in. Um, so I will get it to you next time, and I'll log into the stupid thing before I even sign on to the show. And then we'll mess around with Rankier. and 
building some schema. Um, in the meantime, go sign up. Get your sign-up email and stuff, and then we can do this stuff together. I appreciate you. Have a nice week, and uh, thanks for watching SEO This Week, episode 196.